Welcome to the Media Center. <laughs> We're always starting off with weird shit. We always start off laughing. I love it. Uh, what's your name? My name's Levi Loggins. <laughs> HBU? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting to my right is Arnie. Arnie Singh. Yes. Anyways. Oh my god. What? I'm the biggest idiot in the world. I knew that, but why? Have you been singing it because your last name is it's a sing. homophone for sing? No, but it's oh. a nice little quinky dick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just had this moment right here where my whole world crashed down. I was like, oh my god. Was it supposed to be that the entire time? No. Did I did I just miss that for the last how many episodes? 30, 40 episodes? There was such a fear of like a FOMO going on in your face. Just there was now. such a fear of, of being <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Has that been sitting under my nose this entire time? How long have we been doing the podcast? September? I should have just let you keep believing that. That would have been cruel. (laughs) I'm a cruel man, Levi. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, We're talking about some stuff today, some stuff concerning streaming and movies. Yes, yes. The Golden Globes just happened. You know us with award shows. Always thoughts. If you've been listening to us, you know us with award shows. Did you see what one comedy, fucking best comedy, Green Book? Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know who that was directed by? No. A guy who has admitted to flashing his genitals on set before. Cute. A few times. Wow. And of course, there's controversy. Of course. Just go to the new beach. Not even that good a shit. It's not even that good a movie compared to some of the others that were in that category. It fucking won over your your top pick, A Star Is Born. Yeah. How? That was weird. It's so stupid. At least A Star Is Born won the song. Okay, like we that's, that's not even the worst though. Yeah. It's fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. What happened there? That that even surprised uh, what's his name? Army Remesk or whatever. Whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, uh, Rami Army Rami Malik. Malik. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. It won over Black Klansman, Spike Lee's magnum opus, in my opinion. Yeah. It won over Black Panther. It won over Roma. Roma! Have you seen Roma yet? I have not, but it's on my list. Oh my god, what a movie. What a movie. So let's... Okay. Let's, can, let's not make this a show about award shows because that could go on for forever. Right. I don't even want to talk about the Golden Globes because it was stupid. But I do want to talk today about Roma. And I want to talk about the larger scope of what the awards circuit it considers a movie. Or what's acceptable to be... be what's worthy of awards yeah. or accolades. What can be contended. Right, exactly. So, Roma and Netflix is a movie that was directed by Alfonso Cuaron uh, of Gravity, a Children of Men, Children of Men fame. Uh, he's an incredible director who's won an Oscar before, um, and he is one of a couple few directors, for example, Martin Scorsese, who's directed The Irishman, which will be released with De Niro and Pacino in it. Mm-hmm. Um, these big, high-profile directors who are going on to streaming platforms to uh, have their movies air on. And it's... It's an interesting thing because Netflix is giving Netflix at least to start with is giving a lot of financial and creative freedom to these directors to do whatever they want compared to studios 
who will maintain a semblance of creative control, control and final cut, things like that. And so Alfonso Coron directed this beautiful love letter to his childhood in Mexico called Roma, shot entirely in this stunning black and white cinematography, amazing monochrome. Is it weird to say, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips and obviously the, the cover on Netflix and everything. Is it weird to say that the color grading on the black and white is beautiful? The grading on it is incredible. Yeah. The use of shadows the use and light, the dichotomies, the, the contrast that's there. It's actually, it's pretty low in contrast, but the shadows and the light still come out in beautiful ways. It looks like a old Greek dramatic style of art. It looks like a story. Yeah. It looks like a story that somebody is telling from memory. Yes. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It really is. It, it's, it's incredible. And everything surrounding the movie, the stories that surround it, the, the, like I said, the fact that it's about kind of his childhood, the way that he grew up in Mexico and the things that he saw. And it's about uh, a housekeeper in Mexico uh, who and the family that, that she works for. And some of the things that she faces as she goes along in her daily life, um, she, not to spoiler anything, but spoiler alert, uh, she, gets, she becomes pregnant and uh, with a guy who ends up leaving. In the middle of, they're watching a movie and he leaves when she tells him. Wow. And leaves his jacket too, like the whole deal. It's great, it's like heartbreaking because she keeps looking over her shoulder to see if he'll come back. For the jacket? or come back at all. Yeah. It's like, in her mind, it's kind of, it's there. And Alfonso Coron, he cast uh, the main, uh, oh my God, I really want to get her name right, but she's an actress who uh, screen tested for the movie, uh, not even thinking that she was going to get the role. She was just trying her hand at auditioning, and she got the role. Yeah. Just straight up. She And she's incredible in it. Her name is... Uh, uh, Yalitza Aparicio. That's right. First time, first time up to bat. And she might be nominated for, she was nominated for a Golden Globe, I think, for Best Actress. The wider story, though, is should streaming movies, should streamed movies that are produced and directed and, and streamed online be considered in the same class as movies being released by studios in theaters? Now, for this question <clears throat> to make sense, we also have to say, why is this a topic? Is this something that has been uh, an issue before? I, I, I believe it is a current issue right now because there is so much speculation on, well, it's not as valid because it is on streaming. It is not as, uh, you know, you, you, it's not as traditional. It's not as orthodox. It's not as it's not It's not what we do. Exactly. It's that whole tr like old school mentality. It's also a threat to the way that the the movie industry is as a business. Right. Netflix already broke a bunch of conventions when they started investing just billions of dollars into TV content and taking away from cable subscribers for uh, for cable companies. They're doing the same thing with movies now. With the TV thing, we are seeing that what Netflix is doing is breaking the mold and succeeding. And no matter what the old school uh, companies do, the old school studios do, they can't compete. They just simply can't with the same model that they're using. And studios know that. And they fear going the same way. That will the, will the studio, and this is, this is a big question, will the studio as we know it, go away. 
will they become less of, will they have less of a footprint in the movie industry? And I tend to think, yeah. That's such a weird, that's such a weird concept too to think of. To look because, like that. Yeah, because the film industry is still new, mm-hmm. if you think about it. it's I mean, even the U.S. in itself is relatively new yeah. in, in the grand scheme of things. And the, it's almost as if the what's, – what's that phrase? The snake is eating itself or the, the – it's, it's, it's come full circle. Yeah. Where these studios, that's, that's where it started. Right. That's the, the, it's gone through so many trials and tribulations, and it's gone to the point where it's advanced so far that it's starting to circle around on itself and get the better of itself, I right. feel. Studios have definitely been feeling themselves for way too long. And here's, here's another, like, just a background. I mean, in the 20s and 30s, there were studios like Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer who were kings of Hollywood. Studio, if you were a studio exec, you had made it. You were the golden boy everywhere you went. Everybody wanted your picture. Every actor and actress wanted to meet you and talk to you. Everybody wanted you. And the studios controlled the major interests of most of the franchises around around Tinseltown. And they, for the most part, molded what we refer to as cinema. What we think of, what is acceptable or what we know is possible in the in in movies i mean these studios were such they had so much power it's it's hard to convey it unless unless you know but just to give you an idea i mean betty davis even had a a, a, an infamous trial Mm -hmm. with warner brothers about how they owned her yeah her image and And how she can't work for any other studio and she lost the truth that they did like contracts and everything yeah not, not own her in like a slave sense but her image her job her livelihood she can't work for anyone other than them and she did lose that 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 case yeah she lost so she life. had to you know wait out her contract and she couldn't work for so many years they pigeonholed her yeah it was like a non-compete everywhere she went yeah. she couldn't go anywhere the the thing that netflix has done and, and they're so goddamn smart it's kind of insane it's so damn smart that they've caught the movie industry at a time when all they're producing is either they're either giving no money to these art films, these truly beautiful stories in film. Isn't but, that I, I don't mean to cut you off, but isn't that crazy how all of the, at least in my opinion, the fun artistic actually uh, relevant, substantial, substantial movies and shows are ending up on Netflix. <laughs> it's no, it's absolutely. You know what? I kind of liken it to the uh, the widening of the gap between the lower class and the upper class in modern society. It's it's capitalism that the stuff that that brings people in for the majority, the tentpole films, those are going to get all the big bucks. I mean, Justice League was produced for three hundred million dollars. <laughs> Justice League? Justice League. <laughs> 300 mil. And they still had Batman just run around everywhere. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all know that Justice League is basically keep them held off until Superman comes in for the clutch. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But movies that are like, uh, like uh, Manchester by the Sea in 2016 produced for less than 10 million. Um, and those kinds of art house films aren't getting the money that they deserve. So what Netflix is doing is saying, come to us. We'll take care of you. We'll help you develop and blossom 
and make, let you make the movie that you want to make with all the facilities that we can make available to you. They've also got such a large profit margin within all of their successful shows that they're, I mean, I get a notification almost every other day about a new show or movie that has just come out from Netflix. Oh, it's incredible. It's the rate at which content is coming out on that, on that platform is ridiculous. But the fact that they're giving, they're starting with profile, big profile directors. It's the same way that they started their comedy uh, stand-up collection, where they started with Dave Chappelle and these huge, big comedians to really get the ball rolling, and now there's so many specials out there for smaller comedians, and they have a platform, and everybody can access them. It's the same thing that they're trying to do with movies, where these smaller, these substantial, intricate, beautiful movies like Roma are getting their time to shine and getting a wide audience who don't have to... The thing is, is that you would have to go to the cinema as like an event to go and watch these big budget films or these films that, that maybe you want to see. Now you can watch it from the comfort of your own home and the people that weren't going to watch them initially and thought this is going to be a drag to go to, they're sitting at home watching it. I mean, it widens the audience even more. It's crazy. The, sco- uh, the amount of people that saw Roma on Netflix compared to the amount of people that would have gone out to see it at a cinema is huge. The gap is the size of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, so, you're not going to go... I mean, not everyone is going to go to see a black and white movie in theaters. That's usually a turnoff. However, if you're at home, you've had a couple drinks, it, yeah, sure, I'll watch this viral black and white movie, sure, and then that just widens it more. Right, but even then, it's not even about, oh, I've had a couple of drinks. It's about those people out there who are kind of... They're scrolling through Netflix, and they're like, I can't see anything that I like, and they're like, huh, sure. let me take a shot on this. Yeah. And they end up watching something incredible. And that, for that reason, Netflix movies should be considered in the same class as movies that are being produced by big studio, budget studios. They're being given the opportunities to create great cinema, and they're not, they're, they're eventually, directors are going to start finding that they can completely change what we know to be acceptable cinema that brings people in by going through Netflix or going through Hulu or going through any of these other streaming sites that are willing to put up the money for it. So in my opinion, if the Oscars decide that because Roma was not screened in theaters or even The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, have you heard of that? No. That's a movie created by the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers who won Oscars for No Country for Old Men, who were nominated for True Grit, Fargo. They have a huge history. They decided to go to Netflix because they produced a movie that they knew they wouldn't get enough money for from a studio and ended up... I'm telling you, if you think the cinematography for Roma was good, check out The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I've never seen the American West look so lush and beautiful and serene. See, it really seems like the only reason I can see, or the biggest reason I can see that people would discount or discredit these movies on streaming platforms would be the fear of changing the industry and the business. Yeah, because they're afraid of the old way going away. It's the same bullshit propaganda that Trump's putting out that we want to make America great again. No, they just want to take America back to where everything was easier for them and it all made sense for them and they didn't they weren't reprimanded for for unoriginality. Yeah. You know, it's for the studios. They just want to keep pushing out the same superhero movies that are making two billion dollars at the box office. They want to keep pushing out the same stories, and they they can say all they want. We're giving directors an opportunity. We're giving all like these newer directors that are coming out. They're getting the opportunity to direct big budget stuff. 
are those necessarily the stories they got into movie making to tell? No. Justice League? Yeah. I don't think that was anybody's first choice. In in film school, they really think, God, I just really want to... Look, <laughs> do like, the Justice League. <laughs> for example, for example, right? Ryan Coogler, incredible director. Every time he stepped up to the plate, fantastic movie. He got the opportunity. He did Fruitvale Station with Michael B. Jordan. Cutting, tragic, stunning movie. He did Creed. He yeah. did Creed. And it was better than any Rocky that I have seen since Rocky 1 and 2. And it was... It was Full of character development and and lot of beautiful storytelling and 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 incredible uh, themat- themes that were going on, and then he goes off to do Black Panther, does an incredible job, incredible job. But based on the first two movies, and then having been given the, if he had been given the opportunity for any other movie other than Black Panther, because he is a black director, I think the guy turns it down. Yeah. Because there's other stories he wants to tell. He was even on the fence about making Black Panther two. Now he's on. He didn't even do Creed 2 because suddenly the studio is looking at it like, oh, big box office gamble. Uh, it's paid off. Now we can make another one and make even more money. And Coogler's like, nah, I told the story I want to. I'm done with that. Yeah. That's a director Netflix would want to snap up. And that's what makes Netflix smart. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, like, HBO has always been credited with being able to generate. They're not, they're not worried about pushing as much content as they can towards you, they're worried about quality. Mm -hmm. And I think in this respect, at least to start with, Netflix is trying to follow the same code of of quality where Martin Scorsese and uh, Alfonso Cuaron are tempted to come over to Netflix and produce great things. Ryan Murphy was uh, compelled to come over yeah. to the contract. Shonda that's Rimes. a very big thing. Both of those people, Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's TV. I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk about it at another time, but it's the same It's the same motive of thinking where why wouldn't I go to a company that values my creative vision and trusts me enough with their facilities to do something with it? It's It really is... It's a, it's a changing of the guard. And the only the, – the thing is that the Academy uh, of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, they're still very much uh, leveraged and campaigned by studios. They have an incredible amount of power still over the awards shows. The older I get as well, the less I'm inclined to believe that – like in the way that I was previously in my life – that awards matter. Yeah. I think – Roma, the fact that it's been it was given it's been given awards by countless critic societies. Uh, I think at the Cannes Film Festival is where it aired. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it was in contention for the Palm d'Or. I'm pretty sure it won. Uh, I think Alfonso Cuarón won Best Director. He was in contention for that too. Um, and it's it really it, even if it doesn't get nominated for the Oscars, I don't think that. It matters because people are watching the Oscars less, and if they don't include it, then that's something that stands against them as well. Um, and they're probably blank, blank, uh, banking on Black Panther, um, bringing people in. Um, it just, I don't. It, it doesn't matter if Roma wins or not. I know that I watched a movie that's worthy of critical, the critical acclaim it's received, the attention that it's received. And I'm going to think about that for the rest of my life now, thanks to Netflix. Yeah. 
you know? So. No, I agree with that. And I mean, Netflix is a threat. It is. It is. Studios need to watch out. They need to start. I don't know that there is a clear solution to studios coming back to fight back with Netflix, except for, I think, really just investing in their talent and, and giving money to directors who want to tell stories. And writers. Yeah. The thing that's been lacking from studio films, like art house films, is literally just the funds. Like, you, you are giving them such a short budget to make th- these beautiful movies. And you're giving $250 million to fucking Pirates of the Caribbean 5. I don't know that that dichotomy is going to continue to work when you have this kind of competition. So you have to conform. You have to... It's the same... Look, it's the same mentality that I have for development of people in my store. You invest in the people. Yep. Not necessarily in the customers first and foremost. It's your staff... Because if their morale is up, if they feel like they're being paid well, if they feel like they're being managed well, if they feel like they're being given the facilities to do the best job they can and feel satisfaction with the job that they've done, then you will perform. Then you will see results. But if you continue to push money in directions that ultimately are have a, have a very in, – in, not in the rearview mirror, right in front of you endgame – you're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly that. It's it's them deciding. It's Netflix saying, yes, we'll take on these great writers and their creative stories that represent so many different people and stories right. and backgrounds and bank on that, on, on the faith of that will, that in itself will bring the audience compared to, you know, these big studios that do put in all that money to Pirates of the Caribbean 5 right. because they know, yeah, people are going to go see it anyway. I mean, how many times have you said... Oh yeah, it's another, it's another Marvel movie or it's another DC movie. But you know, like, I'm gonna see it. Right. You know, like I, I don't care. I'm just I'm gonna see it anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that that that's fine. I will go and see it. But eventually, I'm gonna stop going and seeing it because streaming sites are suddenly gonna have so much content available to me that I won't want to leave my house. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that on that. That's that on that. I love that as an ending. I do too. Yeah. It's very definitive. It is. <laughs> no, it puts, it puts a bookend on it. It's great. His name is Levi Loggins. You can hit him up at contact at LeviLoggins.com. He is a Swiss army knife of things that he can do. Hit him up. And my name is Arnie Singh. You can hit me up at underscore A-C-E-I-N-G on Instagram. I'm going to be updating some real cool stuff on my feed very soon. I have some models lined up. I have some things going on. And I have the viewers, the listeners, to thank for that. You know I insta-stalk you even though I don't have an Instagram? Do you? Did you know that? You go out of your way? Yeah, I type in Instagram.com and look you up. And then look at your feed every now and then. And what do you think? I love it. Oh, it makes me so happy. Oh, You are my best friend. You know that, right? <sighs> I'm not even just saying that. Yes. You were like my best friend. Oh my God, it's, same. That's so crazy. I love it. I know. Let's put our pink on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Arnie. Yes. You just said you take photos. I do. Do you take photos of the human image? I do. Eyes, nose, mouth, and ears all. Hit him up. He's great. I'm fantastic. You can also find my portfolio of work at arnie.com or you can hit me up at arnie.arnie.com for any inquiries. Until next time, people, because the next episode of the, of the whole week is coming up. Oh, Levi's geared up. I'm so excited. Ow.
after the last Airbender, the first two episodes. Review and shit you haven't heard of. It's gonna be wild. Fridays are just the bomb. Oh my god. Friday. Friday. Oh my god. <laughs> Till next time, people. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Media Center. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. Be sure to join us next time.